This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome back to the Cherry Pickin' Podcast featuring Andre Cherry Pickin' Cherry, Philadelphia's favorite college football mind. Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned in to the Cherry Pickin' Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey everyone, thank you for downloading another very special episode of the Cherry Pick a Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Cherry, and we are going to have some fun tonight. This is going to be a fun podcast. I want to thank you for downloading this podcast, and I want to thank you if you've downloaded the previous podcasts in this series. We are now in season three of the podcast, and while we don't have college football, we don't have NBA action, we don't have MLB, we don't have XFL, we don't even have NHL. You know, there's all these sports that we don't have right now, but they will come back at some point. When will they come back? I mean, that's anybody's guess. I don't think anyone truly knows when we'll have sports. I think we're all pretty much focused on just our regular everyday lives at this point. Our lives have been altered by this virus. We are all now locked indoors. Uh, we're spending a lot of time with our family where we might not have had that opportunity otherwise. So we're just waiting to get back to regular life. And with that comes sports. And, you know, we all enjoy sports. And it's a crazy period of time. It's a crazy period uh, in our history that we have this coronavirus or this pandemic that's spreading through the entire globe like wildfire. You know, this is scary, uncertain times. It's unpredictable it's uncertain and you know we're trying to get through this the best we can we're trying to get th- through this together and so i want to thank you for downloading this episode i just want to have fun with you guys generally this is a college football podcast and i'm still going to try to incorporate components of sports into this podcast series when i can but the tone and the topics of this series will shift somewhat until we have college football back in our lives. But enough of all that. But I just want to you know, thank you all for downloading this episode. And we'll just dive right in here. So it's been 20 days since I've been counting that we've been locked in in Pennsylvania. And I just want to ask you, how are you doing? How are you staying sane? What are you doing to keep your interest? How are you staying fit, if at all? You know, there's... Home workout routines that I, I hear that are popular now due to this virus. So like the Sean T workout series I know is very popular with some of my friends right now. Or just doing regular push-ups and sit-ups and just doing workouts around the house. Whether that be lifting cans of beans in the kitchen. What are you doing to stay in shape if, if at anything at all? What are you doing to keep your, your mind? What are you doing to keep your sanity? Um, Because we are already 20 days into this, at least in Pennsylvania. I know in other parts of the America, uh, other parts of the United States, uh, not all states are locked in. I think states such as Iowa, Oklahoma, uh, I want to say some of the southern states aren't necessarily locked in right now. But in Pennsylvania, it's, it's pretty crazy right now. It's not as bad as New Jersey or New York, but the virus is out here on the East Coast. So Pennsylvania and their, its governor, Tom Wolf, has been really great through this whole pandemic and through this whole uh, period of time in leading residents to safety and giving great direction and you know I applaud those governors that are really going out and trying to make an impact they're trying to get supplies for their hospitals for their medical staff they're trying to keep its residents safe and so Tom Wolf is one of those governors who is I think doing a good job right now and so recently as of I think a day ago Tom Wolf called or made an announcement that there should be universal masking. And so Tom Wolf, he had a brief the other day, and he recommended that all Pennsylvanians wear a mask anytime they leave their homes for life-sustaining reasons. As COVID-19 cases steadily rise in the state, Governor Wolf stressed the need to intensify all measures to help stop the spread of COVID-19. 
And I quote, two days ago, I amplified our social distancing efforts by instituting a statewide stay-at-home order. And today, I'm asking all Pennsylvanians to wear a mask anytime they leave their houses, Governor Wolf said. Masks help prevent people from sharing illnesses, but they don't do a great job at keeping people from getting sick. And they're not foolproof. So it's critical that our first act is to our to ask ourselves if we really need to leave our house. If we don't really truly need to leave, then we shouldn't. End quote. Governor Wolf came out and made that announcement a couple days ago. I'm recording this episode on the 4th of April. And he basically gave the direction that and the recommendation that we should wear a mask if we go outside our house. So it's crazy how things just rapidly change with this virus and then our response to it. And, you know, it's an effort to try to keep us safe. And it's the new reality. It's the new norm. Worldwide cases, if we look at it in the the entire globe, there are over 1.2 million confirmed cases with 64,000 deaths, close to 65,000. In the United States, there's 310,000 confirmed cases with 8,400 deaths right now. So this virus is spreading and you know we're just trying to keep each other safe and this is the new reality. And so it's a, it's a scary reality, I'm not gonna, not gonna lie, but hopefully some point soon it'll get better. I have no idea when we'll have sports back. I have no idea when college football will come back. It hasn't technically started yet. I know spring practices and this would have been the springtime for practices and spring games and those activities got canceled, but I have a suspicion that we will probably cancel the regular season of college football. If not cancel, maybe push it out to another date and time, but I would have to see a dramatic turnaround in these cases and with this virus for me to feel comfortable to say we should have college football or we should have any sports in general. And that this is just me personally. I don't know from the NCAA what the direction will be. I, you know, this is my opinion that I just wouldn't feel comfortable playing college football in August. I know we're only in the fourth, the fourth day of April. But say we get through this month, the entire uh, the entire country is kind of in a shutdown or a lockdown status until the end of April. So you're telling me we get through this virus. And then we're just going to go back to having sports as if nothing happened. I'm sure there will be an impact to the fan component of sports. I'm sure that will look different across the globe. Just in terms of folks going to watch sporting events live. I'm sure we'll see an impact there in terms of the numbers and the people who feel comfortable going to arenas. I mean, we may even see see leagues implement rules to keep fans maybe away from the arena for a while if we get to a point where we can can resume action in all the major sport sporting leagues but i just i just don't feel comfortable putting money down right now that we'll have college football on time and again we're only in the 4th day of april the season doesn't technically technically start until the end of august so a lot could happen a lot could change but i i just trying to be realistic and i think that's really what i value the most i i value Folks who can be real with me. I think there's a time to be positive, which you should be positive. Generally, generally, uh, I am a positive guy. But in in the case of something such as a global pandemic, I want you to be realistic with me because I don't think I don't think having lofty expectations or lofty goals for how fast we'll, we'll recover from this is really the safe thing to be doing. I, I don't think it helps anything. I don't think it really drives home the message how serious we should be taking this pandemic. And I think it just gives the wrong message. So for example, take for instance, Dabo Sweetie. He is the head college football coach at Clemson. He's very successful. He's won a bunch of national championships. This guy is a great college football coach. I will give him that. And I'll give him credit for trying to instill positivity in this whole this whole era, this whole time period that we're living in right now. It's it's pretty bleak right now. It, people are pretty scared, pretty nervous. And so Dabo Sweeney, who he is now entering into his 13th season with Clemson, he made some comments recently to try to help lighten the mood, I guess you could say. He has a new acronym to live by. And it is TIGERS. 
So T-I-G-E-R-S. This is gonna end real soon. Tigers. This is gonna end real soon. And Dabo Sweeney, he went on to say, and I quote, I'll let all those smart people figuring out those doomsday scenarios. I've got one scenario. That is running down the hill and kicking it off in Death Valley. So he's trying to make people feel feel positive about this whole situation, trying to turn a negative into a positive. And he has that new acronym to live by, Clemson Tigers, T-I-G-E-R-S. This is going to end real soon. I hope he's right. I mean... I, I hope that's a a real thing. I hope Tigers becomes a reality. I hope this is going to end real soon, but I just, I don't know. And I don't feel confident that anyone knows that this will end real soon. You know, he's a college football coach. He's doing the college football coach thing. And he's just trying to, trying to make people feel confident that we'll have college football. We'll have it on time. I mean, shout out to him for trying to do something good and be positive, but I just don't know if it's helpful. He didn't, he didn't do anything wrong. Technically, but I just don't know that I would say that this is going to end real soon. What evidence does he have that this is going to end real soon? If anything, it's it's really bad right now on the East Coast. Maybe it's not as bad down there in South Carolina, but I don't know how this is going to spread. And I don't want to get people, I don't want to get their hopes up that this is going to end real soon when I haven't seen that it's slowed down yet. And from everything that I'm hearing, some folks aren't abiding by the stay-at-home orders. Some states don't even have stay-at-home orders in place. So I'm not confident that this is going to end real soon if everyone is not following the same steps as some states are right now, especially when you see what New York is going through and what New Jersey is going through. I just don't feel comfortable. I don't feel confident. I don't appreciate him coming out on the the news or wherever this statement came from that this is going to end real soon. Tigers, this is going to end real soon. I just I don't I don't buy it and I just don't appreciate it. You know, shout out to 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 him and his base though. I mean, the South loves college football. And so, I hope we have college football this season at some point. I just want to make sure that when it starts that everything has been cleared with medical professionals and that it's safe to do so. But I just I don't feel safe right now. And so, you know, we really will see what will happen within the next week or two, and we'll see where we're at in the next two weeks. But I just, uh, I don't know. I just, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way that he came out and said that, that this is going to end real soon, because I just don't think that's helpful. It's, I'm all for being positive, but I'd rather someone tell me straight. I'd rather somebody keep it a bean with me and just tell me what it is and I haven't heard that from the medical professionals yet that this is going to end real soon. If anything, I've just felt the nervousness and just I try to abide by the rules and and the guidelines, but I just haven't heard anything definitively about this ending real soon because they don't know if it's going to end real soon. There's another part of this story too that I found kind of interesting. I think it said that Coach Sweeney also noted that his family has traveled once to Florida via a private plane. For vacation and may do so next week for Easter. The plane was sanitized, he said, and we don't have any concern. So this is going to end real soon. And then Dabo Sweeney is still living his life. I mean, he's got a lot of money. He has the privilege of being able to have a private plane. So I don't know that he's feeling it the same way that I'm feeling it. But he's trying to be positive and optimistic. And so, you know, he's just... Just trying to get people excited for college football, which I hope starts on time, but I just don't think it will. But again, this is the fourth day of April, so anything could happen. Anything really could. Besides that, you know, I've I've been staying indoors myself. I haven't really gone out much. I've gone out once with my daughter recently. I've walked her around the block just to get some air and just to get out of the house. I've also been running in the mornings every every so often. I wake up really early. Around six o'clock in the morning when nobody's out, it's still a little dark outside and I'm able to get like a three mile run in. And for the most part, you know, I I don't really see anyone else unless I'm running on the Ben Franklin bridge. If I run on the Ben Franklin bridge, usually there are other folks who pass by going the opposite way as I'm running up the bridge. So that's the closest I've gotten to other people. 
but generally when I run outdoors three miles um, and I'm not on the bridge, I usually don't pass anybody that close for me to be worried about the coronavirus. So I'm going to try to do it tomorrow morning. It's It'll be Sunday morning. I'll try to get up early and get, get a good little workout in. But for the most part, I've been home, been chilling. I've been working and watching my daughter Zola, who will turn two years old in one month from today. And it's crazy because we had all these plans set up for her two, her second birthday. Her two, she'll be a two-year-old. And those plans have been altered. And so most likely it'll just be the family, myself, my partner, and Zola will be home. Maybe we can get some cake for her and we'll just have a little party of our own indoors. My baby mama told me yesterday that she had looked into getting a performer to come out in front of our house to do like a little drum line in front of our house. And so if you're familiar with Philly at all, generally in the summertime when it's nice and warm, there's a drum line that just marches through the city. And then they also have an Elmo character, like a dude or a woman dressed up in a tall Elmo uh, fuzzy character costume. And so Sarah found them on Instagram and she said that she wanted to hire them for Zola's birthday. So I'm assuming when Zola, when we're having her celebration for her two-year-old birthday, her when she turns two, that the drum line would come in front of our house and Elmo would be there because Zola is very into Sesame Street and the characters and Abby Cadabby and Cookie Monster and Grover. Uh, not so much Oscar the Grouch because I don't know that they put him out there anymore. When I was a kid, Oscar the Grouch was a main character of Sesame Street. But these days, I don't think Oscar gets out much or they don't show him much. Because it's probably not a good look to have a homeless guy in a trash can on Sesame Street these days. But uh, but anyways, Elmo is a character that could come to our house, I think for like 50 bucks and do the drum line in front of our house. And it would be a nice treat for Zola. It would be a nice treat for the neighborhood kids that live around our uh, around our block. So that may be an option for her birthday. But other than that, we may just be indoors with each other and we'll celebrate somehow for her, her second birthday, which is in exactly a month from today. And I've been known to get into costume every now and then for Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, that usually happens in July. So I've got some Spider-Man costumes that are collecting dust in my closet. So I may throw those on for Zola's birthday and I may perform for her. And so anything to make my daughter happy. I'm prepared to put that costume on one more time to get some smiles out of Zola. So whatever we do, hopefully it'll be fun. I'm sure it will be. We'll be together. We'll be safe. And so that should be something to look forward to. But other than that, I've been chilling indoors. I haven't done anything outside really and so i don't know when i will be going out again probably just to go to the store or something like that but for the most part i've gotten used to this lifestyle inside and what's crazy is that i don't really have much excitement these days and it's a blessing though it's a blessing that zola is home and i'm home with my partner because i spend more time with them than i've have in the past you know because we both work jobs from nine to five and Zola's in daycare for much of the day. So I'm spending more time indoors with my family, which is a blessing. And Zola keeps me busy. And I saw something on Twitter not too long ago that someone had tweeted out, thank God I don't have kids right now. And so it got some, it was mixed reactions to that tweet. Some people were like, Yes, girl, like you're right. It's good to not have kids. Some people were like, what's wrong with having kids? You know, I love it. And for me personally, I can see it both ways. It, it's, it's probably a blessing to not have to worry about anyone else but yourself. But then on the other hand, I enjoy having my partner and Zola around because it takes my mind off of stuff. Like Zola takes so much energy. She's a two-year-old and it's like, a lot of my focus, a lot of my attention goes to Zola. And so it really takes my mind off of the whole pandemic. I'm just trying to make sure that Zola's having a good time, that she's eating, that she's engaged, that she's learning, that it's really been a blessing in disguise that I have a daughter during this pandemic. And so I'm sure anybody that has a child or children can relate to that. Because otherwise, if it was just me, and I'm, I'm just a single dude on my own, 
nobody to have to uh, be responsible for, nobody to watch out for, I don't know what I would do. I probably would eat everything in my house. I probably would go crazy. I probably would be drinking heavily, probably. I'm not really much of a drinker these days, casually, but before I became a family man, you know, I was known to go out and have a good time and party and stay out late. And so I don't know that if I would be uh, resorting to those behaviors and it just wouldn't be healthy. It wouldn't be conducive to anything positive. And so I don't need that. I'm glad I'm out of that phase of my life. I'm glad that I have a family now because it's made this pandemic easier to handle. Certainly there's stressors in life that don't go away. Certainly it's it can be frustrating. It can be a challenge to be with your partner and your young child 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But I think for the most part, for me, it's been positive and it's been a good experience. I've been trying to use this opportunity to do things that I've always wanted to do, such as podcasting more frequently. I feel uh, happy with the content that I'm that I'm putting out and releasing. I hope that the listeners that I do have enjoy the content and that I hope that it helps you in some way. I hope it helps you take your mind off of things and just get entertainment value out of this, if anything else. So that's been a huge plus. I've also been writing a lot more. I like to write creatively. And so I've used the time to really write creatively and write things that I've always wanted to write. And just, it it helps me have an outlet. Podcasting, writing, I've uh, been trying to stay in shape and work out when I can. I've been running more. So it's been, for me, a positive it sucks that we're indoors. It sucks that we don't have sports. But I've really tried to use this opportunity to better myself and to to just focus on myself and focus on my family. We always make these goals at the start of every year. And while most people would say this year isn't starting off the way that we intended it to, at least we have that opportunity now to devote this time to ourselves. We don't have anything to distract us. We don't have sports to distract us because I think a lot of people like to use sports as an outlet to you know to just escape their daily life which i'm not going to say is unhealthy or is a bad thing but when you have sports on all the time and you're doing that every day or every other night you don't have an opportunity to focus on yourself it's the routine of work you come home and then you watch sports and then you go to bed and it's just a routine that it's not it doesn't necessarily lead to anything positive in your life. Now that we don't have any sports or anything to distract ourselves, we have plenty of time to try to make us uh, make us a better person than we were the day before. And so I'm just trying to take that opportunity through this pandemic to better myself every day. Just try to better myself a little bit more than the day before. And that's all you can really do. I mean, because there's not much to do, really. There's only so much Netflix you can watch. There's only so much Hulu you can watch. There's only so much Disney Plus you can watch. There's only so much YouTube you can watch. Like, I, There's so many streaming services out right now that I don't even know the names of all of them. But they're out there and you know what, I'm, you know what I mean. There's HBO Go. Uh, what else? I mean, there's, there's a bunch, man. But I just hope you're using the time to better yourself. I hope you're enjoying the time with your family. Hopefully you're coming together more and just uh, all you can do is listen to the guidance of the government, stay indoors, stay safe, and we'll get through this at some point. I just don't know if it's going to be real soon, but we'll get through it at some point. After this short break, I'll be right back. We'll get into the second half of the show and it'll be fun. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this short break. I'm Kyle. This is Steven. Together we host a show called Boar Meets World. Tell them what we cover on Boar Meets World. Boy Meets World. But that's not all, is it? No. Now we cover life experiences. Ours. Oh, son of a <laughs> bitch. <laughs> all right, just check out the show, please. We really, <laughs> we really need it. Okay? We need a win. Just check us out. We talk about the show Boy Meets World. Each episode of our show, we run parallel for an episode of Boy Meets World where we will examine the show. That's way too much. What happens, you know, our life, how it relates to it, experiences. I can't believe you're still recording. I am recording this. <laughs> Check it out, guys. You'll get some hilarious stories from me and Steven from our childhood. You'll get a great... <laughs> ah, 
I lost it. Want to know what life is really like after the game's all over? Real athletes are here to share their true stories of adversity and triumph every week on After Orange Slices. Even if you don't like sports, pro athletes, former college stars, celebrities, coaches, public speakers, doctors, and all kinds of experts, join the show, and there's a little bit of something for everybody. Join me, Bridget, for a slice of inspiration, plus your everyday sports news sprinkled in. New episodes every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. So, on this side of the break, I really want to know what shows have you been watching? Have you been watching stuff on Netflix? I hear Tiger King is all the rage right now, or all the rave right now. I haven't seen that show, and I don't know if I ever will at this point. I don't really jump on to crazes like that easily. So Netflix, they have a whole catalog of shows and original content for you to enjoy. And I have a Netflix subscription of my own. And I just, I don't know if I spend much time watching Netflix as much as I could, I guess. It's a little overwhelming for me, honestly, because there's so much out there. There's so much to choose from, so many selections. And I don't really... I'm not really good at choosing Netflix shows to just watch, especially if I don't have any sort of background about what the show may be about. I just kind of look at it and then just go to the next, just scroll to the next uh, selection. And sometimes I'll go into Netflix thinking that I'm going to watch something and then I just exit out of it entirely. So I'm not good with Netflix series or shows or movies. I can tell you, I just watched the mini series Unorthodox. And it wouldn't have been something that I would have watched normally, but my partner, she wanted to watch it and she thought it could be an interesting miniseries to to watch together. And it's about four hours, so four episodes total. And it was a pretty good watch. And I think it's number 10 on Netflix's best miniseries on Netflix that you're missing out on. And it's number seven on that list. And Unorthodox, if you're unfamiliar with the series, is a new miniseries. Uh, it's a drama that takes place in an ultra-Orthodox Jewish family. Esti, a 19-year-old girl who is unhappy in her arranged marriage, escapes this community and travels from New York. Uh, she's in Brooklyn, specifically. She travels from Bl- Brooklyn to Berlin in hopes of starting a new life. Like all good realistic dramas, there are no truly bad people in unorthodox. Everyone is trying to do what they think is right which still makes for a very complicated situation. Esti is played by Israeli actor Sira Haas, and it she's good. She, she gives a phenomenal performance in this show. The staff rating from Netflix is 85%. Like I said, it was something that I stumbled upon with my partner, and she knew about it. I didn't know anything about it, and I thought it was really well done, really well put together, and it's worth the watch. It's it, I was really... It's really eye-opening. I really learned a lot about this community in New York um, and uh, of these people, of these Jewish people, the Orthodox Jewish family. And so if you're on Netflix, haven't seen it yet, it's definitely worth a watch. But other than that, I don't really watch many shows on Netflix. I haven't seen Tiger King. Like I said, I probably won't see that. I'm a late adopter to shows just in general. I haven't seen ABC's Lost which I think was on for seven seasons. I haven't seen Dexter, if you can believe it or not. I haven't seen Orange is the New Black, which is a show on Netflix. I don't even know if it's still on. Sons of Anarchy was a good good one that I haven't seen yet, that I hear is a great series that I haven't seen, and I, I want to get into it at some point. I just don't know when. Game of Thrones, people don't believe me when I say I've never seen games of Game of Thrones. So I don't know what the, the all the rave is about Game of Thrones because I don't know what it's about. I haven't seen it, and I don't know that I would like it. But people say I would, so I don't. I don't know. I'm, I love pop culture. I love comic books. I love comic book movies. I love, I love that genre of of film and TV. I just haven't gotten into Game of Thrones. I haven't seen it. Uh, How I Met Your Mother. I haven't seen. That was on forever. Big Bang Theory is another show I haven't seen. Like I could go on and on and on, but you get the point. I just, I'm not good with sitting down and picking out Netflix shows or movies, but 
we still have many more days in this month. We still have 26 more days in April that were technically shut down. So maybe I'll get a, a, a chance to go through the Netflix and go through the catalog and pick something out that I think could be a fun watch. But I'm open to recommendations. You know, tweet me at cherry underscore picking. Tweet me on Twitter and tell me what I should be watching because I would love to hear what you're watching or hear what your recommendations are. And hopefully I'll get into something fairly soon here. The shows that I have been watching, though, I will tell you what those are. Uh, those shows are on the WWE app. I just recently got the app, and actually, I've had it for a few months, and I, you know, I've been using it now a little bit more than I had when I first downloaded it. Thirty day free subscription if you're a new uh, new subscriber. So I, I actually recently watched the WWE documentary about the Montreal Screwdrop. I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan of WWE, the history of WWE. Growing up as a kid in the 90s, WWE was really a great product in terms of the characters and some of the performers they had. It was really at its best in the 90s, I think is when it really peaked, if you're asking me my opinion. Uh, my favorite performer of all time is Shawn Michaels. I think he had a magic to him that is just, it was really special. I haven't seen it since in, in the performers that are out here currently in WWE, but Shawn Michaels was just a very special performer. He really gave it his all. He was a great, uh, great athlete. He was just my, my all-time favorite wrestler of all time. And growing up in the 90s and growing up in my family, WWE was on TV and I would watch it. I think it was on Saturdays as well, I want to say, when I was like really little. But, you know, I'd watch Monday Night Raw and I'd watch the programming that was on cable TV. But my family was not one of those families that would pay $50 or whatever it was to get pay-per-view wrestling matches. So I, I wasn't watching Royal Rumble ever. I, I never watched Hell in a Cell. I never watched WrestleMania. I never saw those events, uh, those paid events. So... A lot of my knowledge of the sport is just from the free stuff that you get on cable TV. And you know what I mean if you're a fan of wrestling. And so you'll watch Monday Night Raw and they're going to show a recap from, say, WrestleMania on Monday Night Raw. And you only see still photos of the action. And then you hear the audio voiceover underneath that. So you're you're piecing together what happened just from watching the stills that they would show on TV and just matching it with the voice of what you hear on the voiceover. So I, I'm never really getting, I'm not, I don't really have the full memories of some of these uh, wrestling fans that are my friends these days where they've seen those events and that they paid to watch that with their friends or if they, you know, their parents pay for it. They have that history, that complete history of watching the cable TV wrestling, and then also the pay-per-views, they have a more robust knowledge. And so I really enjoy having this app because I can look back at those pay-per-view events that I never got a chance to watch before. So I recently saw my first WrestleMania on ESPN. The, you know, the last couple of weeks they've been showing previous WrestleManias in lead up to the WrestleMania um, that's happening this weekend in Tampa, in Tampa, Florida, I want to say, is where the uh, performance center is at but i've never actually seen a wrestlemania until recently so i'm trying to catch up on all this history and so i really enjoy having this app i think it'll be fun to just kind of dive into the history and so the montreal Screwjob. while i heard about it growing up as a kid i never really knew what it was about and so i watched that documentary on the wwe app and i feel as if it was genuine i feel as if i was listening to actual commentary you know, the characters weren't in character, so to speak. So I really appreciated getting a, a history about that event and why it was so significant in the history of WWE, the history of Bret Hart, the history of Shawn Michaels. It really changed the evolution of WWE and it changed our perception of Vince McMahon, how that all went down. And if you're a wrestling fan, it's definitely worth the the watch. And I, I just, I really got a better appreciation for that event and for what Vince McMahon did to Bret Hart in the Montreal Screwjob. It really changed his whole persona and it really changed the brand of WWE. And I think it was, I think it was the right decision. I'm not a huge 
Bret Hart fan. I'm not a Bret Hart guy. Like I said, I'm more of a Shawn Michaels guy, but I appreciate what Bret Hart did for WWE and the image that he had. And he was really the top guy for a while in WWE. But as the guard was changing over to Shawn Michaels, this this young upshot uh, wrestler who was on the rise at that time and, and the... The stipulations of what was going to happen with Bret Hart going out of the WWE and going to um, WCW, it it had to happen that way. Just from everything I'm hearing from that documentary, there had to be a screw job with Bret Hart losing the uh, the belt the way that he did, because you can't risk him going to WCW with the belt. And so that would have been bad for business. At the time, WCW and WWE were in a a head-to-head ratings competition. And I think WCW had been leading the way in in the ratings for quite some time at that period of time. And so if Bret Hart goes out and takes the, the belt, if he goes out as a reigning champion in WWE... That is bad for business. And so McMahon had to do what he had to do to retain the belt in the company. And so I think it really went a long way in changing his persona. People saw him as his ruthless uh, CEO. And so I think it did a lot to help the brand WWE. And it did a lot to usher in this new era of uh, Raw is War. And so it it was really a nicely, a nice Nice documentary, well, really well done. And so there's a lot more content that's out there that I need to dive into and, and get into. But um, that was one of the things that I really wanted to watch right off the bat. And so that was awesome. There's also another good docu-series on YouTube right now. It's free, uh, Dark Side of the Ring. And it's it features uh, a look back on Chris ben- Benoit and his whole story and his family. And, you know, I'm not trying to glorify Chris Benoit, but if you're a wrestling fan, I think you need to watch that just to get a history and an understanding of that wrestler and and that period of time and what he did. And I think it definitely is worth, worth a watch. And I, I'm blanking on who does that series. I'm blanking right now, but on YouTube, if you look it up, it'll, it'll pop up. Um, so I've been watching a lot of wrestling stuff. I'm about to get into the challenge again, the, the MTV challenge, Total Madness. I saw the first episode on DVR last night, and I love the challenges. Real World is probably my favorite show, reality show of all time. I love the challenges, and so I honestly can't get enough of that content. And so I'm glad that through this pandemic, we'll have the challenge for at least two two or three months. I mean, it, it'll go on for a while. And um, it looks to be crazy. I mean, they, they have a new twist in this, in this series that I think is really going to be a game changer. I won't say it on here. I won't spoil it. But I'm excited to see what will happen. I really am. I'm just disappointed that there's no Kill a Cam on there. There's no Leroy who is one of my favorite characters in the real world series. Uh, there's no Tony Raines. Tony Raines, he was in the second Chicago season. Tony Raines, most famously, he was on a season of the challenge maybe three seasons ago where it was like an eating contest, and this dude just devoured everything. He ate like a whole jar of mayonnaise. He ate, uh, I think, peanut butter. He ate some nasty stuff like bugs. Like he just devoured this competition and he said it's tony time and he just he just ate everything in sight tony reigns is a funny character in the whole real world real world series and the challenge series and i'm just disappointed that he's not even there uh there's no brad he was in the real world san diego the first real world san diego season uh he's a guy that's from lockport illinois which isn't too far from naperville where i grew up he seems like a cool character he was always one of my favorite characters on there there's no Cara Maria, who is a big villain in the challenges. Um, she's been on like the last four challenge shows, and I guess she's taking a break now. Pauly, her boyfriend from Big Brother, I love that show. He's not even on this season, so maybe they're taking a little break together. Uh, and then there's no Camilla. Do you guys remember Camilla? She was on there like maybe three seasons ago. But she's always had some controversy. She's always been kind of wild during these, these shows where... There's a component that's athletic and the competition piece of it. 
But then there's also a component that is social and going out and drinking. And she usually goes too far, too, too far. And so I think she had some controversy a few seasons ago. Um, and I'm, I don't think she's been back. But I, I saw online when I was doing some research today that she actually is um, pregnant with a small child on the way. So I wish her all the uh, best with that. I hope she has a safe pregnancy. I hope she's, you know, baby's doing well. But she's usually one of the more popular characters on this show because she's good and she's fiery. And I think people love that combination. So I'm, I'm a little bummed that we don't have those folks, but we do have Anissa. She's probably one of my favorite characters of real world. In addition to Brad, who's from, you know, close to my hometown, Anissa was on the Chicago series back in 2001. It was the 9-11 season. If you guys remember, you obviously remember 9-11, but if you remember that season of Real World, it was 9-11 really, uh, really changed what that show, what that show looked like you know, after the events of 9-11. And it really was a special marker in time for me. I don't know how it was for other folks, but for me personally, I, you know, I was in high school at the time. I was a freshman in high school and Real World was a show that I'd watched religiously. And the fact that they did a season during 9-11, during the events of that day, it really changed the whole dynamic of the show. And it was just something that I'll always remember. Anissa was just, she just kept it real. She's a Philly girl. And she uh, was one of my favorite characters of all time. I recently had the opportunity to meet her out in Philly, maybe f three years ago, a little over three or four years ago. We were at the 700 Club on uh, 2nd Street, 700 North 2nd Street in Philly, a nice little bar, nightclub type thing. And she was out and about. She lives not too far from where I live now. And she was out just hanging out. And I just told her, you know, you're my favorite character. You're, you know, you're my favorite person on the show. And she was really cool. We took a picture together. And, you know, I always remember Anissa. She's, you know, cool, cool girl. And she's been doing these shows forever, which is crazy. The fact that she was in the 2001 real world in Chicago when I was a freshman in high school and then flash forward to like four years ago where, you know, we're sharing drinks together at a bar in North, in North Philly. It's just crazy how life goes. It's crazy where our journeys take us, but it was just, it was just a real cool moment. And she's on the season this year. So I'm rooting for her. She used to be a beast on these shows. If you're a fan of the real world challenges, you knew that Anissa, she didn't mess around. She was a beast in these competitions. Her and Rachel, you know, were just dominant at Coral. Do you remember Coral? She was like the OG at the time. Coral's probably got to be like 60 years old now. But Nisa back in the day was a beast. And so I hope that she can run with these young kids. And I hope that she can kind of restore that name uh, in the in the uh, MTV Challenge series. Uh, she used to be dominant in the elimination challenges. She hasn't been as much these days. But she, like I said, she was legit. And so I hope uh, hope it's a good season. And that's really what I've been watching what what have you guys been watching? I really want to know. I really want to know. Tweet me at cherry underscore picking. I actually had a great idea for a TV show that I think they could networks could capitalize right now on this technology, on this Zoom technology. Have you guys been zooming with your friends? I've seen friends on Instagram Live tweet out pictures of them zooming with all their friends. So it's a like a, a video conference application. I never heard about Zoom until recently. I'm a WebEx guy because I use WebEx for work. And so I'm familiar with that functionality and the capabilities of video conferencing through WebEx. But Zoom is a similar application and folks have been using it like crazy during this coronavirus pandemic. We've all been locked indoors. And so folks have been Zooming with their friends for virtual happy hours or just uh, zooming with their friends just to catch up. And it's, it's a cool tool. I'm, I'm glad that people are using technology to keep them connected with their friends. I haven't done it personally with anybody, but my partner did it just last night with her girlfriends. They zoomed together. Her friends are all over the country. Some are in Philly. Some are on the East Coast down in DC. Some are on the West Coast in Oakland, California. So they were able to zoom together for a couple hours and that's cool. That's I think that's awesome. I think networks have a great opportunity right now to do a Zoom game show with families remotely. 
So we've seen some of the celebrities come out on, you know, they do Instagram lives or they give us updates about what they're doing through video. So John Krasinski from The Office has his own talk show right now that he's doing through YouTube. And so I think that's cool. You know, celebrities trying to engage with an audience. That's cool. But why not show real people right now? Show me what real people are doing to get through this. Can we connect real people together and allow them to have an audience? And I know there are apps like TikTok that are popular that people have been doing and you see some of the things that go viral through that app. But why not have networks use the Zoom capability to do a remote game show? So it could be like Family Feud remotely and you could have Steve Harvey host the show remotely from his house and connect random contestants who are various families throughout the country or even throughout the world through the Zoom app. So you don't have to be face-to-face. You don't have to be in the same area as another family. But if you're using the Zoom capability and you're having Steve Steve Harvey host it, I think you could still pull it off. I think it still could work. I, I really do think that could work. So Steve Harvey could be a, a great host for ABC. If we're doing this on CBS, maybe Drew Carey can have uh, some fun with this as well. He's the host of The Price is Right. Or even Wayne Brady. For, I mean, Wayne Brady is a great host as well of Let's Make a Deal. But CBS could get in on this somehow. Maybe families you know, asking families questions about certain things or maybe asking families what they have in their house. Actually, that might be a little dangerous because, you know, you might not want to tip off your neighbors that you have, you know, all this toilet paper in your house. Then you could become a target. So that's probably not a good idea. But it could be a game show of some sort. And CBS could get on it in on it. NBC could even have Ellen be a host and do like a game show. She has a game show right now. Um was it Ellen's Games of Games or something like that? There's ways to make this work using Zoom or using WebEx or whatever. I just know Zoom is real popular right now. And I think there's an opportunity there to do this. I'm telling you, there's an opportunity there. And I hope executives at these stations are thinking of ways to capitalize on this technology to engage an audience. Because we're all indoors right now. We're all at home We're all available to do this. We all have camera phones or we have the capabilities on our laptops or on our our iPads. It exists. And I'm telling you, that could be a hit. On that same same line of thinking, Adrian Woj on, uh, on Twitter about six hours ago tonight tweeted out, The NBA and ESPN are working on televising a horse competition involving several high player, high profile players, sources say. Players would shoot in isolation presumably in home gyms, and match shots against competitors. Details are still being finalized. And that got over 73,000 likes. It was retweeted 10,000 times. So you know there's some interest there in this type of technology, in hosting in hosting game shows that are virtual, or, or hosting game shows that have different people in different parts of the country in their own homes, safe, safe and sound at home, away from other folks. You know, there's there's ways to use that technology to put people to bring people together and to put on a product such as what the NBA is doing. And I think that's a a great job from the NBA. They're always forward thinking. Adam Silver really leads the way in in many regards in, in how the league adapts to certain situations such as this virus where he was the first to come out and say, we are postponing our season until further notice. And Adam Silver really led the way in, in how we handle our own actions. You know, once the NBA said that, everything changed instantly. Within within a day, things changed very quickly. And so he really led the way. And a lot of the leagues followed his lead. So they're going to try to use this technology of broadcasting a horse tournament. But I'm telling you, there's an opportunity there to game show with families across the country using Zoom. And so I, I will really be interested to see if they go to that format at some point because I think that'd be great TV, but we'll see. I've really actually enjoyed, also enjoyed listening to the DJ spin nightly. And Quest Love is a DJ that spins almost every single day. He's on Instagram. You can find Quest Love on Instagram. You can find him on YouTube and Twitter. And he's been putting on virtual DJ sets for literally 
the past like eight days, I want to say. I've tried to watch where I can. I've also enjoyed watching this artist named Sinclair. Are you guys familiar with Sinclair? I think she, I think she's like country or pop. Uh, she's from Nashville, Tennessee. She, her Instagram handle is I go by Sinclair. And my daughter and I have been listening to her Instagram lives. She usually goes on around 4 p.m. Eastern every day. And Sarah and I went to see her and Kevin Griffin perform an acoustic set here in Philly, like in December. And Sinclair was somebody that I just uh, started following after that event. And she's got a very, very beautiful voice. And my daughter and I listen to Sinclair sometimes when she's uh, broadcasting the, the IG concerts. But this has been a cool opportunity to hear from DJs and influencers who put out musical content. They've been trying to put out IG lives for free. So I've really enjoyed that. And I, I think it's uh, a good opportunity for us to try to think creatively and to, to put out content of our own. And that's why I love podcasting. And I, I enjoy putting these shows on and these uh, episodes out for you all to listen to. So I hope you are getting value out of it. I hope that it's improving your life in some way or some shape. And I will continue to put out content as quickly as I can. And so I, I really do genuinely enjoy having a, a forum and a way to speak to you all and i hope you continue listening to this show i want to say shout out to the folks who are in italy listening to this podcast i saw in the last uh, episode that i have out that we had some listeners from italy i hope you guys are staying safe out there because i know how crazy that situation is i know how uh, serious it is out there in italy and that goes for everyone that listens to this podcast because you know the, corona is everywhere within the entire country or in, within the entire world. And so everyone is affected by this, but I want to give a special shout out to those folks in Italy who listened to the last episode. And I hope you download this episode as well, but I hope you all stay safe no matter where you're at. I hope you enjoy the time you have with your family or your friends. And I hope that we can get back to normal at some point in the near future, whenever that is. But with that, I want to say thank you for listening to the show. I'm very appreciative for your download. I can't wait to talk to you. Hope you guys have a good one. And again, please stay safe. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care. I haven't done it personally with anybody, but my partner did it just last night with her girlfriends. Tigers, this is going to end real soon. <laughs> Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. If you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickingsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.